Greetings, beloved listeners. Benjamin C. Cholock here, co-host of I Learned Nothing and Dauphin of Princeton University, here with a brief message from our intrepid sponsors, Kyrgyz Slippers. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. As the plague abates and we're slowly but surely reopening our lives, you might find yourself getting antsy. Well, chill out, you kooks. While Kyrgyz slippers may not be the cure for COVID, they will keep your tootsies comfortable as you endlessly and relentlessly refresh that browser trying to book your first vaccine appointment. Don't worry. Your day will come. You will be chosen. In the meantime, get 15% off your order of the best slippers known to mankind when you use our promo code ILK at checkout. Treat your feet to something sweet and help support independent artisans in Kyrgyzstan when you purchase those baby soft felt wool slippers from Kyrgyz.com. That's K-Y-R-G-I-E-S dot com. Again, get 15% off at checkout when you enter our promo code ILK and emerge from quarantine the well-rested butterfly you are. Go ahead. You've earned it. International. Madame, bienvenue à euh, les euh, euh, Aloha. Episode, episode uh, 138. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say 138 in French. 138 of I Learn Nothing, a philosophy podcast for idiots. Yeah, well, the numbers uh, the name, numbers don't go that high in French. The numbers don't don't go that high in no. French, actually. So yeah. what? So to them, infinity is a hundred and seven. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's hundred and seven cultural it's, differences. Yeah, that's Big that's deal. what's weird. The way you say infinity in French is uh, is sante uh, sept, which is one hundred and seven. Nice. Sante um, <laughs> sept. No, that that does sound like like infinity a little bit. Well. Let me let me do the uh, intro again oh, in right. English, uh, real quick. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode one hundred and thirty-eight of "I Learn Nothing," a philosophy podcast for idiots. Uh, I don't know how to say episode one hundred and thirty-eight in French. Uh, I don't think the French do. No one knows. Um, no, no one, one knows. knows. No one does. Uh, so yeah, like we were just talking about the uh, the word for eternity. In, in French is actually Saint-Esset, uh, which is 107. See, that that sounds kind of <laughs> like it would be the end of the, like, you know, infinity. A little bit. I mean, it seems high enough. Like, do you, do you remember when you were a little kid, like a really little kid? and you, Every second. Like, did you, <laughs> you remember every second? I remember every it? second of my childhood. Uh, Large blocks uh, of my memory for the last five years, but... Well, do you remember like counting numbers or like the fir- the first time you kind of like wrapped your head around the concept of counting numbers and like and then like the next step obviously is like is like I wonder how high I can count. Um, 
this is totally weird. I did this one time where I tried to count as high as I could, like consecutively, just like doing wow. it by myself. Okay. I got to I got to like seven hundred and twenty something. <laughs> what the? Fuck? I spent like I spent like two hours by myself when I was like counting. Maybe six. What is maybe what a yeah? Sad <laughs> fucking sight. Just a, 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 a child, just a child of a soon to be divorced family. Well, just sitting yeah, there counting. Can you? Can you imagine my dad like walking in on me and I'm staring at myself in the mirror and I'm going 347, <laughs> 348, oh, and he's man. like, "I'll come back. I'll come back in an hour." Were, uh, were your lights on at least? Because what if it was complete yeah. darkness? <laughs> well, no. So what if he checked in at you at three in the <laughs> morning just because like whatever, have... and then he, he just sees you staring nude <laughs> at night? No. So here's the thing. I definitely remember this happening during the day, like in the daylight hours. Uh, so the lights might have been turned off, but there was light in the room because yeah. of the sun <laughs> coming in through the windows, what? illuminating my illuminating my prepubescent self in front of the mirror, counting <laughs> up to seven hundred and twenty something. Well, and then that's uh, when I gave up. I was like, I think I get it. <laughs> yeah, you learned your lesson. Did you? Uh, did you? Yeah. Th- but were you aware that there actually was there were higher numbers than? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I literally. That's that's one. That was like my first real, like, confrontation with, like, I guess the 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 concept of infinity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was was when I was I was like, because it, it was also like you know when you're a little kid, also like every every like mile marker or every like thing you know every year older or every like inch you grow taller or whatever is like a huge accomplishment. Sure. You know, and so I was like, I was like, ah oh, man, I bet like. I bet no kid has counted as high as I have. Why, why would count. they? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Yeah, why would they? And I was like, I'm gonna count. These kids were too busy getting laid, hanging out, getting drunk. Yeah, got no but time they're not for counting. Really, they're not, yeah, but they're not reaching for godhood like I was. That's well, okay. That is a good point. I, you know, I always do forget about your reach, your multiple reaches for uh, godhood. I always forget. Yeah, Ben. I one day. That if I count, if I could count high enough, here's a little known fact, a little philosophy fact. Okay. I learned this studying philosophy at Princeton. Princeton is University. That if you count, yeah, at Princeton University, you you can count high enough. Uh, and and if you count high enough, you can become a god. Yeah. It's just that none of us have counted high that high. No. Well, yeah. It, yeah. Eventually, none of us have counted high enough. One, one thing that's interesting <laughs> is that if I, I've been told, if you hit a certain number, uh, Dad will love you again. Yeah, I'm still I'm still waiting for that one too. Well, uh, <laughs> what can you do, man? Um, it's so funny because uh, we're we're recording remotely, uh, so we can we can see each other over uh, the uh, the internet, and uh, yeah. I just saw you raise a glass. To your lips, and for a second, I thought it was just a glass stuffed with limes, like cut limes, no. like you'd see oh, at a no, bar. No, no, it's like... green. It's a it's a novelty glass. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's not mine. I got this somewhere. Oh shit, it's dripping on my computer. So Man, take w- away. we we should get I learn nothing novelty glasses. I mean, they, th- that'd be pretty tight if we made like pint glasses. That's, that'd be cool. Yeah, but oh, uh, yeah, I'd like that. Yeah. But you can only drink milk out of them. You have to make a promise to us and to God. Yeah, they're not they're not pint glasses. They're milk glasses. Yeah, this is a milk cup. <laughs> milk cup is maybe my least favorite combination of words ever. That is yeah. horrible. Milk cup. Yeah. Um, have you seen my milk cup? I swear I put it down. Patrick, your milk cup's here. Ah, oh, there it is. Bat. 
I, fa- I found your milk cup. Milk cup. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> um, it bothers me. But, but Pat, uh, uh, you know who I am. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm Benjamin C. Cholock. I am uh, the enfant terrible of uh, <laughs> of bad faith at Princeton University. Nice. You know what's funny is that I we we have. Uh, Forgotten how to do the show, so I forget how the intro goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm piecing it together a little. Well, little you know, little. we've uh, we've been doing uh, the Patreon episodes. Uh, we we didn't we didn't take a break from doing those because people pay uh, us money for them. People so, pay us for that. Yeah. So, sorry, uh, sorry, all you freeloading fucking hypocrites. Yeah, but the, but here's what I here's what I realized too is that also we have a <laughs> we have a commitment to our sponsor to put out. <laughs> Uh, episodes on a weekly basis, and I kind of yes. forgot about that. So we got to do that more often. <laughs> so we are technically also being paid for the free one. So <laughs> yikes! Well, think of it uh, so, as a very late Christmas bonus. Yeah, and so in in the words of Zach De La Rocha, uh, coming back around again. Uh, this is for the people of the sun. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, Pat, today what? we're talking about some philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to this because we haven't really discussed philosophy, philosophy in uh, a very like long a time. Yeah, dude, I've been like, I've been like frothing at the mouth lately. For yeah, some, for some you, philosophy. You, we started this whole thing so I could teach you philosophy. I've been oh, teach me, on teach my me, duties. daddy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to teach you a, a little bit about. We're, we're talking about. We're getting back to our roots. Yes. By, uh, by talking about a man. Nice. <laughs> It's about time that we had uh, some, maybe something from the, the male point of view on this show, you know? Yeah, yeah for once, we're going to talk about someone from the male perspective. Nice. No, we, we happen to be... For we the ladies. To talk, we're, talking about, we're talking about a philosopher today who happens to be uh, a very heterosexual man. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> nice, dude. Um, by which I mean French. We're also talking about another French man. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, we, we haven't discussed. Well, I don't know. When's the last time we've discussed a French male before? Um, probably not that long ago. Who knows? But, but we're talking about probably one of the most French males of all time. Most the most French philosopher of all time. Happy Le Pew. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, fucking close enough, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think he was as rapey as Pepe Le Pew. Well, I don't know. Every, uh, every, if I if I'm understanding the implication from the from the cartoon correctly, every single man from France is like a like a sexual is pervert. A rapist. Yeah, that I think that's what I think. Is that not the point of the of those? If there's sketches? one thing. I mean, I, this is like bordering on a on a Dave Chappelle bit, but like, yeah, that's kind of true. I mean, he's right. If I've learned anything <laughs> about the French from Pepe Le Pew cartoons, yeah, it's that they're all rapists. <laughs> no good. It's no good. The French. Well, so this guy is this, like intensely this, heterosexual. This guy is hilariously French, nice. and I and I mean hilarious. Uh, he's a guy we've talked about before a little bit, but he hasn't had his own episode before, and he should have gotten one sooner. Uh, wow! This is a this guy's a, a, a he's a he's a big swinger. He he's, what? He's he's a big character here. Uh, his name is uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again and you're gonna hate it every single time I say it. Uh, we're talking about today Jean Paul Sartre. This <laughs> fucking guy is back. We have this talked about this guy 
on we've he's had to have done all. an episode about he's this been guy. Men- no 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 we haven't we have not done an episode just about him okay? i hate this guy this guy is so no you don't <laughs> no, I, just, you know. I, I can't say it. it's just the name is annoying i can't say it it is annoying so his name is the most annoying it's, it's the, the you're most right annoying. it's very french it's very french and we have to get we have to get past this because this is something that has uh frankly like uh just i almost want to say bullied Whoa. uh english speakers <laughs> for the since the dawn of time yeah the that final re after a consonant in french you know yeah the uh is the most like confounding and damnable sound for uh uh for english speakers to pronounce so his last name is Sartre. <laughs> it's that little bit. It's like you got. It's like you're gargling a little bit at the, at the with the last syllable. It's like Sartre. it's 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 the last time you throw up. <laughs> That's the sound where it's like it's the last time you go. Sartre. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're like, all right, I'm done being sick. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. I'm not sick anymore. Yeah. I I puked out all the poison. Yeah. I got. I, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I walked right to the bathroom. And I just heard this guy going. Sartre. And I was like, been there. <laughs> Who hasn't been there? Well, here's the thing. Since I'm a merciful God. Yes. Uh, I'm going to uh, not say Sartre for the rest of the episode. I'm going to say Sartre, uh, <laughs> which, which I know, which is which is also here's why his name fucking sucks. Frankly, yeah. Is uh, <laughs> because. Uh, unless you stick you, you you stick the landing with uh, the French pronunciation, um, you have to. Your only other choice is to pronounce it in like the closest way possible in English. Yeah, which really is just sart. It's like that's the best we can do. It's, it's that's the best that our language can do. Way better. <laughs> we win again. France. I know. <laughs> it's and so and so. I'm sorry. Sorry about you. Yeah. But your name's gonna rhyme with fart. Yeah, dude. Uh, Suck it. Yeah. Suck so, it, sart. So here's the thing, and that's that's not the last part. Here's what's fascinating. Do you guys about this have guy, sart on that, the menu? Hey, do you have any sart? <laughs> hey, babe. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm gonna make us some sart for dinner. Yeah. Oh, babe, they only have Jean Paul sart. <laughs> Sorry, they don't have diet sart. They only have Jean Paul sart. Um. <laughs> Man, I know that this guy is is not real, but I fucking hate him. We just made him up, but I hate that guy. <laughs> the, the guy. Who, wait, not Jean Paul sart. He's a real person. He physically exists. No, the, the person the who's upset. Uh, the, yeah. the guy who's like, babe, babe. Yeah. Sorry, they don't they don't have uh, diet sart. They only have Jean-Paul Sartre. <laughs> One time when I was working at uh, Maggiano's in beautiful North Austin, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> we were, uh, I was uh, fucking working there, right? Fucking, yeah. It's fucking. <clears throat> um, and there was this guy, you probably remember this. Uh, he was this dude where he was like a larger guy and it was him and like his family or whatever. And, Maybe? Uh, and okay. every time I put he this guy was like the talk of the table. Everybody loved this guy. Everyone's like, like, like clearly okay. they were okay. out celebrating something involving him. You know what I mean? And he was okay. in a good mood, very gregarious. He looked he looked a lot like uh my uh brother in law's uh stepdad, Mike. Okay, so I have just, no so idea who that looks just like. Why, yeah, Mike. so picture him. Yeah, yeah. thanks, thanks, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, he looks a lot like my deceased grandmother, Charlotte Plants. 
<laughs> when she was and young, like, of course. No, when she was young, of course. Yeah, like a fifties <laughs> Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what uh, what happened was every time I would put like a like a something down on the table, he uh-huh. he would he would say thank you, but he would say it in this tone of voice. Thank you. Oh, that guy. Okay, yeah, I remember you and, telling me. And about I was him, yeah. like, "What the fuck?" Like, I, I really was. I honestly thought he was like fucking with me, like, or just or, like, "Thank you," like, asshole. You know what I mean? Is 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 the was like kind of the thing I was getting from him. So he was like talking, chatting, like you know, being like, and and so I says to Mabel, I says, "Yeah, yeah, that's not a that's not a six dollar pony." Sure. Uh, and then you come up with like drinks, and he goes, "Thank you." Yeah. Like, like that? Yeah, but he said it like sh- just like that. Yeah, but so much louder. It was really, really odd. And at first, I was like, "This guy is such a prick." And then, like, I did it th- like two more times, and he responded the exact same way both times. Okay. And I was like, I realized, oh, that's just how this guy talks. And then I fucking loved him. After that, we were like good butts. I could see why everyone at the table liked him. You know what I mean? He was a likable dude. So yeah. what I'm saying is this might be what happens with uh, our boy Sart. I think what's going to happen. Sart? I might, I might hate little, him at first. I don't know. Mainly because of the name. But if, if, if we're calling him Sart, uh, then I think I might be I'll, – I'll, I'll open my mind to the possibility of, of him being cool. Okay, yes. well here's the thing. So I have I have a uh knowing knowing what I know about him having done the research and then also knowing what I know about you. Which is I a lot. I think this is going to which is a lot. I I I think this will be a crapshoot. I don't I I don't real I have no idea if you'll like him or not. Yikes. You might like him. There's there's some potential for you guys to be bros. All right. Uh and there's some potential where he's <laughs> he's going to annoy you, okay? Well, he's probably. I but, mean, all these French philosophers were all banging each other's wives, so you would probably. So yeah, we'll get into that. There's he's he's got a lot of ties to people that we've already talked about. We've okay. already mentioned him in previous episodes. We'll get to the uh, cuckoldry is, eventually, is what you're saying. Yes, we'll get to the cuckoldry eventually. <laughs> what a terrible, terrible, uh, terrible sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're we're such a bad podcast. <laughs> well, we're no, yeah, we're not particularly good, and we have no formal training. It's all been no, on, the, all. on the job learning for the past uh, with me. Yeah. I don't know, eight like years, four years. And it's just yeah, yeah, and uh, it's just it's just a disaster. Um, well, here's what here's what we're gonna do. Yes. Uh, we're gonna start with first of all, just to give you context, like a wide wide scope context. This uh, we're talking about Jean Paul Sartre. He is uh, a, 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 one of the most, if not the most, famous uh, philosophers of the 20th century. I know I've probably said that uh, about a, a few other figures that we've talked about. Yeah, probably like Bertrand Russell, um, Ludwig Wittgenstein, Jordan Peterson. Uh, Heidegger, Jordan Peterson, no. Uh, <laughs> also, no, because he, he really uh, arguably got famous in the 21st century. He was not a 20th century philosopher by any means. He, he uh, went on he's a, not a philosopher, too. Jordan Peterson sucks dick. He went uh, on a uh, like an all-meat diet and ended up in a coma. No, he, no, like Russia. No, he ended up, no, he ended up in a coma because uh, Jordan Peterson ended up in a coma because he got to, uh, addicted to benzodiazepines. Oh, like Xanax. Oh, I thought he, he just neglected his health due to the. No, oh, no, no, no. He became he became a benzo addict. And do you oh. know why some do you know why some people. Sorry, just to get get off track a little bit. Do you know why? Uh, some, why some people like attribute his benzodiazepine addiction to what um, him 
being hopelessly embarrassed by Slavoj Žižek in the public debate that they had. <laughs> that is the worst. That sucks. He was he was he he he, he was so ashamed of Slavoj Žižek mopped the floor with him so badly that he retreated into a Xanax addiction well, and almost died from it. <laughs> well, you know, uh the same thing happened to me when that guy just that guy destroyed me. You want you think he destroyed Jordan Peterson. I didn't I didn't stand a chance. I didn't even know why they booked me. You got you really got to think twice before you Step up and debate Slavoj Zizek. It was, I, th- it was, I thought it was a 50-buck gig. Do 10 minutes? Nope. <laughs> I had to debate this fucking guy. Yeah. Uh, about his own work. Was that a, that's not I, fair. You know what I think? You know what I honestly think? What? I think this would be kind of funny, and I think we should try to do this because I think he might bite. I think he might agree to this. What? Is if you actually debated Slavoj Zizek. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it tomorrow. Hey. He might... He, you know what's funny is that like he might too, like he might not like I know we've joked about like you debating uh uh what's his name fucking Richard Dawkins yes or maybe like Sam Harris yeah like they wouldn't do it because they take themselves seriously Slavoj Zizek I think actually has like a, a good wow. enough sense of humor okay where he would be like yes yes I will absolutely I will absolutely debate this this charlatan this absolute. Psychopath. Okay, well, let Who me. Lives in Austin, Texas. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to cut a promo on this guy to send to him. What is your what, what's the what's his name? His name is okay. His name is Slavoj Zizek. Zizek. Yeah, Sla, Slavoj Zizek. Hey, Zizek, heard you're talking shit. You know, people say that you are the best alive philosopher. But you and I know in our heart of hearts that that is not true. And I am ready and willing and able to expose you whenever and wherever. I will travel for this. I will go to Europe. I will meet you wherever it is that that you live. But you and I, we're going toe-to-toe, baby. Woo! Because I am the best thing going Today, woo! <laughs> you and me. There should be like there should be like a philosophy um, fight club wrestling league. Yeah, like it, actually that would be pretty tight if like all the characters or whatever in this wrestling league are just philosophers, but they oh actually like fight. That'd be tight, no? Don't uh, you think? I think we you'd have like Marx versus fucking Plato. And they'd be like, because they're already like Plato already wears a toga, so like you, you, you know, he's already in wrestling. Type All right, so I think we are writing this. This is okay. the dumbest <laughs> fucking thing that I. It's yeah. the worst because I because you can have because there are rivalries. There are rivalries in different with, with between and among different that is philosophical so traditions. Funny. So like we can have them settle it in the ring. Settle it in the ring. For, for in the rain. thousands of years, mankind has debated uh, the uh, the meaning of life and love and and whatever. What is a human yeah. soul? God, time, the soul. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. figure it out. We're gonna in figure the, it out tonight. In the ring. In the ring. <laughs> a cage match. <laughs> Dude, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a uh, a Patreon episode. A philosophy cage match. This is gonna be so good. We're, this is gonna be I'm so excited about this already. We're gonna do I'm so excited. <laughs> we're gonna do a uh, Patreon episode uh about uh just some the antics in the in the WWE because there are so many hilarious like backstage things that have happened. Like like Vince McMahon okay. Vince McMahon 
like refuses to sneeze. What? He considers. What do you mean? How do you refuse to sneeze? He just will like. He will force himself not to sneeze. He considers it. Oh, a, like he'll hold it in. Like he'll do the. Uh, he that kind of thing. He considers it a sign of weakness. What? That's weird. It is, dude. He's a weird, weird, <laughs> weird guy. He, I will say, he's 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 one of the best like supervillains or heels that they ever had on that show. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's a we- he is a weird, weird man. The Big Show. Um, I, I know that who's who is the Big Show again? Is it just the Big Show? Is that his name? Yeah, or the was Big that... Show. He was uh, this like yeah. gi- he used to be called the Giant. He was, giant. He was he this was... big dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah he okay, said that right. when he went to. Oh, uh... he took over. He kind of took over the Giant role from Andre the Giant, right? Yeah, a little uh, bit. Yeah, okay. and uh, he said that when he would travel to Japan to wrestle, like he he couldn't fit anywhere. Like he like he said like going, yeah. going to the bathroom was like so hard for him. That sucks. Yeah, I would be very upset. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. I mean that they they mentioned that in the Andre the Giant documentary too. Yeah. Like he couldn't fit in normal airplane seats and shit. Like it was just that sounds miserable. Yep. Um his anyway. every day of his life was he was just in pain. That's why he drank so in much. Pain. I know. Yeah. And he, he to but I like pain. that cuz because because Andre the Giant was French, he <laughs> he drank just wine and champagne. Yeah, all the time. it's so funny. He would just drink crates <laughs> of wine, and you're like, yeah. wine? Like it's such a funny concept because you'd think somebody it's like, like why did, why wouldn't he drink whiskey or vodka right. or something if he just wants to get fucked up? And he's like, well, he's French. He likes his wine. He just loves it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's French. Andre um, the Giant, man, that guy fucking that guy likes to live. Dude, I know. Uh, I've admitted to crying a lot <laughs> on this yeah yeah but you have but i gotta say again one more time i i watched that documentary and i didn't cry but i like teared up a little bit towards <laughs> the end that shit was sad <laughs> okay i this isn't directed towards you because obviously this doesn't apply but do uh, you get i man i'm gonna i think i'm gonna lose a few people on this it, I cannot tell you how <laughs> unbelievably uh, baffling it is to me that there are like adults who will, will cry while watching uh, Pixar movies that you'll, they'll just lose it. They'll just cry and they'll tell you about it. Like they, they can't wait to tell you about it. Like, it's oh, weird. yeah, Coco, so, I, I <sighs> sobbed. I sobbed the whole time. It's like, why? I wouldn't I wouldn't say I've sobbed during like full feature uh, Pixar films. That's never happened to me. Like some Ooh, of it Mr. is definitely Tough really guy. sad. No, shut up. Because I'm about to admit something. <laughs> I'm about to admit something. I'm saying I'm I'm using that as a preface <laughs> to admit something yeah. embarrassing later, and it's this. Go. Uh, I've I've actually I have cried uh, at uh, like Pixar shorts, like some of those like pre movie ones. Those ones uh, always kind of like, annoy me. Those uh, so a couple of them get have to the me. feature. You know you know what's fucked up too is what? I actually can't remember. I can't remember any of them specifically that made me cry. I just know that I have before. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it is. It's... It is weird. I, I self admittedly weird. Like if I were, I, I, I mean, like I have cried during a Pixar something, not a feature film, but like something has gotten to me before, uh, and it pains me to admit it. Like I wouldn't. I'm not as cavalier about admitting it as these other men you say. Well, I don't care. No, uh. I don't care about men doing it. I, men or women, anyone. I just uh, any human being who cries. I, I uh, first of all, cut it out. Stop with like, the crying. Well, I mean, things are. I oh my know. god! If you didn't not... cry during the first ten minutes of Up, you have no soul. 
No, I didn't cry. Oh, well, people who say that, that's bullshit. It's like, well, also, you could just be a pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Or you're an emotionally weak human being. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> what a thing to say to someone. The thing is, the thing is, is that like, uh, here's the thing. I'm ready and willing to admit that I probably that I, I, you know, what I think I probably did cry, or at least like got misty during the first uh, like 15 minutes of Up. Right? Well, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a very intense because it's, it's sad. It's, yeah, it's, it's very, very sad. sad. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't like admitting that, and I am ashamed of it. <laughs> okay. Good. 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 Thank you. Oh, oh a, a hu- an adult with shame. Good. I'm glad. I know. Finally. Ben admitted it because he knew it would be a funny thing on a podcast. That's the only yeah, reason. That's why I'm admitting it. It's like, wow. it's not because I'm, tr- it's not because I'm proud of it. You think I'm proud of that? No, I so a lot of people seem like they are. They I know. Love it's it. weird. It's weird that they are. People, some people love to cry. And I just, some people oh. like, 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 uh, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm. Speaking out of turn, but one friend of ours, Jim S, just loves crying. Well, I don't know. If <laughs> well, not anymore. Not anymore. But he, not, he yeah. used to cry at a lot he of things. Yeah he, yeah, he definitely went through a big uh, uh, big baby <laughs> phase. Um, just a big fucking wimp. Just a fucking square wimp sobbing. Remember? Well, I think maybe that happens to us at different times. Like, I think I'm going through my wimp okay, phase. Okay, I'll say <laughs> wimp phase. Because the- remember I told you, I told you that I cried at uh that fucking what's it called and now i'm embarrassed about admitting that but, but well, yeah uh, i told you i cried about uh the was it what was it fuck hold on the funnier die i'm sure i'm like, sure it was jewel jewel prank remember when jewel sings her own song at karaoke of course i remember i've seen it. i've watched yeah. it. i love it i've watched it so many times i've never it's cried great. i've never cried watching it why would Last you... time I watched okay. it, I was fucking what is what made you cry? Theater. There's no, it's it's there a was prank. A lot. I mean, no. What's it was, it what's was the? How, it was how you know. I'll tell you what it was okay. specifically if you want to hear it. But we're getting really sidetracked here. Uh, yeah, welcome I'll, back I'll, to the I'll podcast. I know. I'll wrap it up really quickly with this. Um, I think what it was was how a how just beautiful her voice is. She's a really good singer. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, and also how fucking um a b how moved people were the people who were watching her sing it in her disguise yeah uh and how much they were just like exuding love to her because she was singing like a fucking angel and then when they found out that it was actually jewel yeah they weren't mad about her lying to them because she lied to them right <laughs> why would they be she mad lied. they weren't mad well, <laughs> why you know, would they be, be you could be you could be mad that someone lied to you but they immediately forgave her when they found out it was Jewel. Yeah. And they were just like so happy that it was her. Yeah. And just seeing these people so happy made me just well sure. up with emotion. Okay. That's that's what it was. If I can okay. put it that way. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. You know, I was and also also um, you- a severely, uh, 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 you know, acute and uh, potent dose of marijuana uh, also i was probably contributed to that. i was yeah. gonna ask if, if you were <laughs> under the influence of, of, of any chemical product definitely um, definitely yeah s- sometimes uh i would get like super drunk and i would go on youtube <laughs> and watch videos of soldiers returning home to like their kids and i would just like watch it for hours just wasted <laughs> 
just so fucked up just watching this sometimes, sometimes you need that weird outlet man yeah, I guess. sometimes you need to get let you need to fucking rev the engine on that one emotion yeah motor you gotta you make know? sure it's still there i guess it's yeah i guess so yeah like i know what you're talking about i definitely did that with like uh everyone soldiers cries. and their dogs every everyone is just <laughs> crying like everyone yeah. is and no one's ashamed <laughs> and no one should be you know what i mean it's just it's a room yeah. full of and it's like put it away <laughs> Yeah. Put it away. Hey, guys, <laughs> cut it out. No, no, it's fine. If you want to cry, you can cry. But it is embarrassing, and you shouldn't let people see you do stop it. Stop doing it. <laughs> Just, Just stop don't it. do it in public. <laughs> Just, yeah, do it Do it in the shower. It's like masturbating. Crying is like masturbating. Yeah. You just do it. You do it privately by yourself. Yeah. It's fine if you do it or, privately by or, yourself. Or sometimes with a... Or with sometimes a, with a partner. Sure. <laughs> What is happening? I don't know. So anyway, speaking of the French. Um, <laughs> oh, right. So the, the, let's get back to this guy. Sart. <clears throat> MC Sart. Sart. MC Sart. That's actually great. That's a great name yeah. for him. We're going to call him that. MC from now Sart. Oh, yeah. MC Sart. MC Sart. Uh, so let's do the bio, huh? Um, I can't wait. Born on June 21st. Nice. Juin. Juin is... Uh, <laughs> It's what? June in French. Yeah. No, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. J U I N. Juin. Say- <laughs> like, that is what I would say, like, to be a smart ass, to be like, to mock the language. Oh, I, I, I bet June is probably like, yeah, or something dumb like that. Yeah, let me let me make sure. It might it might not be that. It doesn't matter. I bet Whatever. It is. It's June. It's June 21st, uh, 1905. He was born in 1905. Okay. It's a good year. Uh, and he died, uh, born in Paris. Uh, it might have been a good year. I really don't know much about 1905. I better be perfectly honest. Um, okay, <laughs> we're taking Pat's word on that. Um, <laughs> oh, summer, summer of 1905, best <laughs> summer of all time. <laughs> I will never forget the summer of 1905. All right, so so yeah. here here <clears throat> is our writing assignments. We have to write the um philosophy wrestling thing, and I have to write that as a country song. Okay. What? Oh, summer of summer 1905. Of, yeah, the summer of 1905. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, okay, he uh, he was born on uh, yeah June 21st, 1905. Uh, died on tax day, uh, April 15th, uh, 1980. Uh, born and died in Paris, France. And they lived most of his most of his life in Paris. Um, I guess why wouldn't he's a par- you? He's a pa- he's a Paris boy. Par- he's a very French Paris boy. Paris does seem to be. Uh... Very alluring. I mean, it was the place. Can you? Uh, uh, it still is. It, it was a great. I. Yeah. I've only been I know what once, you, I know what I, you're saying. I loved it. Wink, loved wink. It. I know Paris what you mean. Rules. I love Paris. Um, <laughs> it's a cool ass city. I gotta yeah. say. But let's anyway, go. Um, let's record an episode. We there. should go. I think we should. I would love to. <laughs> um, but here we go. So he was born in 1905. Died in 1980. So he lived to the ripe old age of 74 years old. Okay. <clears throat> that's a good. That's a that's a solid life, I think. That's a solid. It's solid. That's he, solid. He fucking lived the shit out of it. He probably had one of the best fucking lives of all time. Wow. Like he he fucking lived it up. He 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 did great. Um, so he uh, there's a couple things that are a bummer uh, about his life. All uh, right. Number one, number one is die. His dad died when he was two years old. Okay? Yeah, that's not good. Um, it's not great. But he hopefully was maybe just look too young to you know realize it. Uh, but he was raised by his mother. Uh, and they and this is such a weird thing with the French, such a weird thing. <laughs> what? Okay, French 
I, I guess it's maybe like a Latin thing too, a little bit. It's a, definitely like a, a holdover of the Roman era. Something about those people. <laughs> um, the French, the Italians, the, the Spanish. Okay, their the uh, boys and their mothers have weirdly close relationships. Oh, I think I knew <laughs> you know that. What I mean? Yeah, like, I think yeah. I knew that. So, so. Sartre and his mom. Yeah, because oof, French they were French, they were attached at the hip. French like, guys they, always <laughs> say that they're they're always like, "What? I do not understand." Like in America, you so uptight about sex. I would talk about sex all day long with my mother. With my mother. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, what? And it's like it was the thing like, you did. Gross. Yeah, gross. gross. I would never, <laughs> never. I wouldn't even talk. I wouldn't even talk. I wouldn't talk about it with your mother. I wouldn't talk about it with anyone's mother. Yeah. If anyone. It, has been or will be a mother. I won't talk to s- about sex with them. Yeah, but what about um, just what about like moms what? of our age? Well, then, them also. I guess. Hey, let me fine. ask you it, something. It Do they seem what? like they're not moms? What do you mean, moms our age? No, yeah. Like, like whenever I see like somebody like clearly around my age with like a kid, I'm just like that can't be right. Uh, no. You're not exactly like my mom and dad. What is this? No, I think I've gotten past that. I mean, I can, I'll, I'll, I'll admit that that maybe was weird. Very strange. Uh, but then, like, a lot Get of my, fake-ass like, so mom and dad's out of here. I, I just have so many, like, contemporary female friends, like, my age moms, who are moms now. I miss my dad. That, that now it's like, <laughs> that now it's not, it's not a, it's not a weird thing. It's just like, yeah, it's about time. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, Sometimes I, I think that way, but then every once in a while, I'll just see it, and it's just like I get, I guess so. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> okay, sorry. We're we're here to talk about the uh, the weird relationship that the no, not really uh, the weird relationship that the French have with their mother. Yeah, yeah, it's not good, and okay. I would really wish they stopped. But here's the thing with I don't know. I think maybe well, I guess the jury's still out, but we'll see. Uh, I guess. This this didn't affect him that badly. It wasn't like that weird, but it's just kind of a a, a cultural curio that I noticed. Um, <laughs> but so him and his mom were like best. They were like best friends. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> you're uh, such a, and they had a bitch, mom. They had a yeah. They had a close relationship. Um, yeah, he was just like he'd be sipping on wine, being like, "Love you, bitch." Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> he was also raised by her her dad, his grandfather, grandfather, uh, Carl Carl Schweitzer, <laughs> who was actually like the uncle of Albert Schweitzer. So he was like uh, second cousins with Albert Schweitzer, which I don't know if you know who that is, but he was like this weird like doctor slash philanthropist who won the Nobel Prize or whatever, and kind of famous. Anyway. Yeah, no duh. Yeah, no duh. Um, also, I had no idea. Now, he's here's the thing. So he also uh, he was. Like most of these weird French philosophers, he also was a bit of a sickly child, and he had <laughs> this one thing. Okay, I I don't know if I've shown you pic. I think I've shown you a picture of. Uh, oh, you of, have of MC Sartre before. Uh, he has the laziest eye. I'll look him up in 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 human in human history. Look him up. Like yeah, Google him real quick, and look at his eye. Uh, his, I think it's his right eye. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's his right eye. Uh, it's called something extopia or extropia, uh, which is just a severely wandering eye. That's what. It's oh called. hell um, yeah, yeah. It's it's like bonkers. It's going in an entirely different direction. Nice. Like his eye, his left eye is staring straight ahead, and his like his right eye is like 
due east. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, you know, like completely, like 90 degrees the other way. Um, <clears throat> so for this, and he was born with this, uh, for this, he was bullied relentlessly. I bet, man. <laughs> I bet. So, if I were him, um, I would just wear dark sunglasses and walk around and lift them up and just freak out kids. <laughs> That'd be kind of tight, actually. Yeah. And then, uh, the, then, like, the, the, then they can't. Then if their parents are like, like, what's going on? I'd be, I'd be like, they'd, they'd be like, he has like a freaky face, and they'd be like so embarrassed. They're like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, sir. When it's your fault, yeah, yeah. you're the one harassing yeah. the kids. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? So, so he's so he has this like crazy wandering eye, uh, and I'll you know, I'll, I'll put this as gently as I can. He's probably one of, if not the ugliest philosopher <laughs> of <laughs> in all of intellectual history. Uh, yeah, he's he, he's not. Um, I would I definitely would not call him fuckable. Yeah. So. It's funny that you say that because despite this, he actually did pretty well for himself. He waded into a sea of poon. Hey, let me ask you something. Um, <laughs> Do you think that like French people are just like way more like into the idea of like sex, but like it doesn't matter if like the guy's ugly? Because it seems like there's a lot of ugly French guys. Yeah, yeah, and they're just banging these these. <laughs> hot I don't eggs. know what's the. It's strange. I don't know. I think it's. I think they celebrate <sighs> ugliness. Maybe a little. I'm I mean, moving. there might be a little bit of that. Uh, there's. Uh, I can't. I'm not going to remember the name of this, but there's a. <clears throat> there's a, a an aesthetic value uh, that the Japanese have, um, and I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I want to say Harry Carey, but it's not that. It's <laughs> not uh, Harry Carey. No, it's not. It's baseball announcer Harry Carey. <laughs> it's not. Um, <laughs> um, but it's uh, but it means uh, like the the unique beauty of of seeing something that's broken, because Jeez. when things when things break, they break in unique ways, and that's what makes them special. So it's like a vase that has like certain cracks, and the cracks are you know can't be replicated because it only cracked in this one way. In a one in a million way, and that makes it beautiful. You know, it's sort of like that. Ben, you know? I, I, I say <laughs> say what you want about about uh, the Japanese, but they got some fucking sayings, man. You know, yeah, yeah. they really do. <laughs> the, Jap the Japanese are pretty cool, man. <laughs> yeah, they kind of rule. Yeah, uh, but so so do the French. Let, let's focus a little bit because uh, they've got the, some oh, sayings. So too. back to this uh, horrendously ugly pig of a man who fucked. <laughs> Pig, pig of a man who who fucks yeah, so much. He doesn't care. Um, he doesn't give a fuck. So let, let's keep going with the bio, okay? So he uh, he was introduced to uh, literature and philosophy at a very young age by his grandfather Carl Schweitzer, Schweitzer, uh, and he he was a pretty smart kid. Uh, obviously, like you know, he ended up pretty pretty smart as we can Se see. Seems like. Um, it. Do you think anything? He, do you think it's because of uh, his eye? No, I don't think so. I think okay. most I think he got where he was despite of his eye, you know. Um, so uh, anyway, his eye is not important. It's just kind of it's a, important a, a to funny, me. A, it's a funny anecdote. It shouldn't be as important to you. I wonder where uh, his third <laughs> eye would go. Probably like well, the back of his head. Yeah, and it's probably staring at the back of his brain, like it's going. It's oh, I could see is his wrong brain. <laughs> oh my god, that would be horrible. That would be really, really, really bad. That'd be pretty weird. Yeah. Oh man, that would be really weird. Uh, okay, so uh, in 1928, we're jumping ahead a little bit. Uh, born in 1905, jumping ahead to 1928, he graduates from the École Normale Supérieure. <laughs> Whoa. Um, 
which is a it's basically it's like a mouthful Princeton. is what it is. It's the Princeton of France. It's like the top university <laughs> of France. <laughs> the best um, Princeton. The best university. Yeah, the Prince. It's the Princeton of France. Okay. Um, I'll take your word uh, for it. It's uh, the France is kind of weird because they kind of have like one of those like like University of California systems where it's like a bunch of different campuses. Oh, yeah, but it's yeah, the yeah. same university. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't like it's that. It's the it's I know it's weird, but in France, they have this they have like the University of Paris, which is the university system for it's a large university system for most of France. It's not the only university in France. But it's called the University of Paris, and then it has these subsidiaries or, or chapter houses or whatever. Uh, one of which is the Sorbonne, which is a very, very widely known and prestigious university. Yeah. The other one is the Ecole Normale Supérieure. My the alma Ecole mater. Ecole Normale Supérieure. Yeah, Pat's al- alma mater, the Ecole Normale Supérieure. Yeah. I studied uh, geography which, there. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, studied alongside Jacques Derrida, uh, Michel Foucault, Jean-Paul yep. Sartre. Uh, <laughs> but just studying, Simone, studying Simone way <laughs> studying shapes. They thought I was very, yeah. <laughs> I, they thought I was wasting my time. Turns out I was. That's geometry too, not geography. <laughs> oh fuck. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I forgot what it's like to do this version of the show while you're not, <laughs> while you're not high. I forgot <laughs> that when you're not high, sometimes you, you go on, uh, yeah extended diatribes that go nowhere and everyone hates it yeah or it's just it's so, it's so funny that it's just a turn of a word too it's a, you were so close i was so close <laughs> you were so close it's geography you said geography you meant geometry i get those mixed up all the time too it's not even like i just do uh, i'm sorry i look i look i don't i don't i mean there's no so there's no easy solution to this but also there's it Think of, doesn't come up very often. geography well uh, just try to remember geography is about like maps and geometry is about shapes. Well, I know, yeah, I know that, but I'm saying that, you know, ultimately it's probably not a, a very pressing issue. It's probably not. Let's, yeah, let's get back to the p- more, more pressing issue. Yes, which is his career as a student at the Normal or Ecole Normale Superior. One thing that I found out, which is very interesting, very very funny, is apparently, and this is a quote, he was. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, one of the fiercest pranksters at the university while he was oh going. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so he that is pranks all the time. The fiercest, <laughs> but they were fierce he's a, pranks. He's a fierce. Okay, so here's the thing. your hand so, off. No, no, no. So here's what he did. So he was at he, he was studying at the at the Ecole Normale Supérieure in the late 1920s. This is right around the time that <clears throat> excuse me uh, that Charles Lindbergh flew his famous flight. Uh, from New York to Paris. Yes. Right. Okay. So right after that, he <laughs> he did this thing where he uh, uh, he hired a Charles Lindbergh lookalike uh, <laughs> to, to come to come to come to the to come to uh, the Ecole Normale Superior uh, during its graduation ceremony for like that class, and he put and he was he was also like a uh, what's it called. Uh, he worked for like the school newspaper and stuff, and he was like a, an editor, and he kind of considered himself like a you know a journalist a little bit All right. uh, around this time. So he had associates who worked at the like school n- newspaper, uh, and not only that, but also like city newspapers. Like there was one called Le Petit Parisien, yeah, which is a uh, it's like a youth newspaper in Paris. Um, they announced on uh, on May twenty fifth of nineteen twenty seven that <laughs> that Charles Lindbergh would fly in a, uh, and receive a uh, an honorary degree from this extremely prestigious university. Okay. Right? 
So he put an ad out on the paper. There was like reporting on this, and like this guy who like knew this Charles Lindbergh lookalike who knew how to fly a plane, like flew onto the campus and like walked up to the podium and received a like a, a, oh an honorary God. degree. And this guy is not Charles Lindbergh. They thought it was guy. Charles Lindbergh. It's not. It's just some guy. And no, okay. no one looked into this. So only until after the fact. Okay, that's how they get after you. they after they figured out what happened. The uh, like the director of the university, Gustave Lanson, who who was duped by this, got fired. Well, yeah, it's it's humiliating. It's like a it's the you you said it yourself. He's like the Princeton of you know of France, and they got owned so bad. Oh no! Yeah, and these it's like, cannot and it's like, stand. We're gonna we're gonna award Stevo an honorary degree, and then and then and then some guy who looks like Stevo gets launched out of a cannon and lands on Princeton's campus, and it's like here's your degree. The president of Princeton would be fired. Hi, I'm not Charles Lindbergh, and this is the diploma. Um. So yeah. So he and he got in he got in some trouble for that, but like. Mostly the guy who, uh, the guy who got in trouble was Lanson, the, the Gustave Lanson, who was the Man, uh, he must the director been... of the university. He was he was forced to resign. He must have been so <laughs> mad at him. He's so I'd be so pissed. Yeah, I would be so mad, Pat. Yeah, did the guy even look? Did the guy look like Charles Lindbergh? It was a. It was. It said. I'm just reading what it said here. I don't see pictures. Because but it says he was a Charles Lindbergh lookalike. Because I'm saying that back then, they didn't have like the internet or whatever. Uh, it was hard to harder to check up on stuff. He sh- he should have just stuck to his story and been like, no, that was Lindbergh. That was Charles Lindbergh. Prove prove well, me no. wrong. There's well, no the inter- there's no that, internet. The- That's what he would say. No, no, no. Here, Pat. So the problem with that, though, is that Charles Lindbergh was as as limited as celebrity was back then compared to today. Charles Lindbergh was still a a very he, immensely huge celebrity. Yeah, he was so, super famous, I guess. So when so when reporters at, like followed up and were like, "Hey, we heard that you were recently awarded an honorary degree from the Ecole Normale Supérieure," he would be like, "What?" And that, and, <laughs> you and, know, yeah. And then he'd and be, then and, be, then he'd be <laughs> and then he'd be like, "Also, Hitler rules." Yeah, yeah, he'd also be like, "Fuck France, Hitler rules." Fuck Um, France, Hitler rules. That was that was a popular graffiti tag during Mm. World War II. Fuck, fuck France, Hitler rules. No, um, (laughs) uh, well, so you know who was saying that a lot? Who? Uh, well, actually, well, we'll get there in a second. I kind of, I kind of shot my load too soon there, but uh, you've said that a lot. Yeah, you know who you know who uh, was chanting that in the streets, uh, the Germans. Yes, um, and that that plays into it. But real quick, I have to get through this. Uh, also at the normal Ecole Normale Superior, uh, uh, Sartre uh, he had to take this thing called the ag- aggregation twice. It's a it's basically a, a, an exam that would like place you as uh, you know a professional. Uh, in whatever you were studying, so you can teach basically. So if you lo- if you were like studying sociology, you would take a test for sociology, called the agri- excuse me the aggregation, and then you if you passed it, you'd be qualified to teach sociology anywhere in France. Okay, and you did this with like you know uh, philosophy, with engineering, with whatever. Okay, yeah. Uh, so he took this one time, uh, or he took it two times. The first time. Uh, in 1928, he failed it. 
Uh, what an idiot. <laughs> what an idiot. And then in uh, uh, the next year, when he took it the second time, he got uh, like he tied first place on like the best score. What? Uh, with with his his future lifelong paramour, uh, Simone de Beauvoir. Okay. Oh yeah, I remember her. Yep. Yeah, remember her? We talked she about would, her. We, yeah, she has I, her own episode. I, I thought she was a black woman. Yeah, you For thought she was a black reason, woman. For some reason, I yeah, just assumed. Right. You thought because it's because you thought because in your head, it, 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 I'm sure we have theories about this. In your head, I think it triggered memories or associations yeah. with a with a black New Orleans jazz singer. <laughs> Maybe, but I just remember seeing, something like that. I remember seeing a photo of like a black woman and being like, "Oh, it's you know, it's not Simone de Beauvoir." No, no, no. You, I thought you might, that you're probably thinking. I know, but it's not. I can't, it, you don't understand. In my head, I can see the I can see the photograph. <laughs> it's not her. I know because she's not black. Why, why, I mean, she's just she's just not. Maybe the, I know, she's okay, just well, not. You know, I, I'll. You <laughs> I know, don't know what to tell you. Time, <laughs> time will tell. Time, time will tell on that. But um, no, there's no time will not tell. Maybe it's. I mean, like time has told. Maybe it's like the. Uh, she's not black. The, Pat. the Mandela effect. No. Uh, okay. I, it, Let's chalk. You know what? What? Yeah, let's chalk it up to that. Let's chalk it up to the Mandela effect because <laughs> I don't have time to argue with you about this. All right. I just don't. Let's just call it the Mandela effect. You thought she was black. Let's go with that. And she okay? was, and now she isn't somehow. <laughs> and she's not. She was so white. She's like Glenn Close white yeah, is what I said apparently. last time. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> now, okay, so he takes the, the aggregation again. He ties for first uh, with Simone de Beauvoir. Uh, but for some reason, and I can't get any more details about this, but for some reason, the university awards him first place. Oh, I say shit. For some, I say for some reason, but it's like they award him first place and her second place. And it's like, I wonder why. Because he's um, white. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's call it let's call it some kind of privilege. It's not that it's not that, though. Yeah. <laughs> but that, uh, what a fucking bummer. That sucks. It does suck. It does suck. But what's weird is that, like, they also became, like, girlfriend and boyfriend after that. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. And it's like, well, that is, that, that's, a, that, that seems fraught, that relationship, you know? Probably. Um, okay, so they, uh, you know, they, not only that, but they have a, uh, what, the research that I said, they all use the same phrase, a, uh, a fruitful 50 plus year old, uh, non-monogamous partnership okay well <laughs> so they're like they're like kind of like like a swinging couple nice. for the rest of their lives <laughs> so they like, until the grave <laughs> until the grave like they like she fucks other dudes he fucks other girls yeah like they're like sharing partner and everyone blah, loves blah, blah. it everyone loves it and everyone loves it it's like it's the fret dude it's the frenchest thing in the world that's so funny. they're in love with each other but they also love other people it's just it's a party it's a fucking <laughs> party, and <laughs> okay. literally everyone's invited. Years, it's a fifty. It's a fifty-year party, and literally everyone's invited. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, that happens. That's that's most of his like personal life. Uh, last little bit, and this leads us into his philosophy. Okay, because this is instrumental understanding his philosophy. I bet it is. Uh, so, 1939. Guess what happens? Um. They, oh, the uh, the start of a. Well, they didn't call it this back then, but World War II. World War II starts in 1939. He is immediately <laughs> drafted into the French army in 1939. But, okay, okay. let me ask you this. And it's not, <laughs> uh, it's not to make fun of him, but because of his eye, w- was his vision affected? Okay, so I'm so, glad you a- I'm so glad you asked that because it does come into play. So we'll get there. Nice. Yes. Okay. 
Um, so Fuck here's the yeah, thing, Dean man. It's, You're it's back. Hitler is is declaring war on everybody. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's declaring war on everybody. So the French are like Sacre Bleu. Uh, <laughs> let's, you know. <laughs> that's their reaction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's their, that's their being reaction invaded. to Hitler. Sacre Bleu. Yeah. Sacre Bleu. <laughs> Completely uh, <laughs> caught by surprise somehow. <laughs> yeah. Pants down. They're like pants down with their dick in their in their in their boss's wife. Oh uh, no, France. <laughs> yeah, France. Come on, guys. Ah, oh, France. So <laughs> never change. So, <laughs> so they're drafting everybody. It doesn't matter how wonky your eye is. So he gets drafted into the military. He's he's not even really seeing combat. He's actually he's actually drafted as a meteorologist. What's funny is that I what? think right before the episode, right before the episode, I did the math. He was born in nineteen. He was born in nineteen oh five. Nineteen thirty nine. He was thirty four. Yeah, which is old for a soldier, you know. Um, so well, this is, I don't know, man. Well, show... Not for drafted people. Um, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's what I'm saying. This this goes to show how desperate the French were. Because they already fought the Germans in World War One, and they were like, "No good," uh, like, "Oh no," <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, so they're like, "Again, fuck." We're in a world <laughs> war. No good. Yeah, no good. <laughs> so, so they're like, "Everybody back! Everybody get back in the trenches! We need everybody as many." Everybody as we can get, get back. Hey, uh, yeah. so do you guys remember like twenty years that ago? Tra- that traumatizing four-year event. Yeah. <laughs> That killed most of our men. You know, we don't have a lot of men. In you know this how there's anymore? like no men around. It's just a village where there's just no men. Yeah, I mean that's what happened um, after World War One, dude. I think they would call it paradise. Thank, thank you for being a friend. Yeah, they would just they'd have a blast. They'd probably, yeah, it's probably tight for a few years. Yeah, I bet. And then, and then eventually, eventually, some women would be like. Hey, uh, I just gotta get deed. I need. I gotta get deed down. I gotta get deed. I gotta get deed. I'm down. sorry, but I'm a French woman and I haven't been deed deed down in like three years. <laughs> so anyway, because all I the mean, all yeah, the men bit. were, were killed. They were killed. All the men were killed in a conflict. Murdered on mass. Yeah, in yeah. a conflict that I just can't understand, and I still can't understand it because I'm like, some, I still can't understand it. You know, all I know is that I am lonely and horny. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, yeah, and so you know, the French were like again, and the French women were like again. <laughs> uh, so he gets drafted. <laughs> oh okay. man, he gets he gets drafted, and he and he's not even like seeing like like frontline ca- combat he's he's working as a meteorologist that is like that's so who, that's what fucking they, lame yeah it's so lame okay but here's what's funny and again because he's french he gets captured immediately the next year in 1940 in 1940 he's captured by the germans <laughs> and fucking shit guys i'm just a meteorologist he, i'm just a meteorologist I do traffic and weather not. together yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Top, yeah. Top of the hour on on the nines. Come on, <laughs> guys. Do you even know the phrase that pays? I bet you don't. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so and the Germans are like uh, Achtung or whatever. Yeah, and um, they, you know, they put him in a in a prisoner of war camp, and so, you know, uh, Sartre is he's a regular like white. He's not Jewish. He's a white catholic christian guy okay so he's sent to a regular like 
uh, if he were Jewish, he'd be sent to a concentration camp. Right. But since he's yes. not Jewish, he, he was just sent to a regular like uh, prisoner of war camp uh, called Stalag 12-D. Man, uh, that, which that still sounds is scary. so <laughs> ominous. And it doesn't. What the, the Germans, man, they're fucking. It's, it's, what the hell? You know, what's interesting about about our friends, the Germans, is that now they're they're like kind of nice. They're like really nice. They're really actually. nice now. Yeah, yeah. They, they they chilled out. They chilled out a bunch. I've um, heard that. I think that's uh, what it takes. That I think I think that really goes to show that like conventional wisdom of like, uh, you know what that guy needs like this like kind of office bully or whatever. Yeah. Like you can you can tell that he's never been beaten up. He needs to be fucking beaten <laughs> yeah, up. So yeah, he knows. Yeah. yeah. And that's what the Germans needed. They needed to be beaten down twice. Yeah. To be like, you need to chill the fuck out, dude. And, yeah. And then they were like. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll chill out. I've heard. Sorry about that. I've heard. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> I've heard that Austria is where it's at. For what? For as far for as the German-speaking people race. go. Oh, I still don't know what that means. Like, what do you mean where it's at? They're just like, they're they're just they're like the best. Yeah, they're they're like hilarious. Apparently, <laughs> apparently they're just like oh, they're like oh yeah, they're like they're like well, I can Germans with 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 pizzazz. I can see that the Austrians are a little—they're uh, a little more cosmopolitan. Yeah, dude. And uh, I think they have a better sense of humor. That's what I'm saying for sure. Where yeah. it's at, Austria. <laughs> um. So okay, where was I? <laughs> let's I let's know. get back on track here. Um. He uh, okay, so he gets captured, and he's he's hanging out uh, in Hotel Stalag Twelve uh, D. Not good. And um. He only spends like a year there. All and right. here's what happens. OK, so he eventually gets sent home. Uh, he gets like basically uh, the Germans like decide to like obviously, the, you know, demotion is not the right word, but they like declass him to uh, to civilian status instead of military status for a, a couple reasons. One is that he claims that he has health issues uh, that therefore make him not a threat to the German war effort. Right. Uh, so like they don't have to worry about him. They can send him home, and he's not gonna like rejoin the French forces Guys, or whatever. You don't have to worry. I'll be chill. You don't have to I'm worry about just me. gonna go I'll home. I'll be chill. I'm just gonna go home. Uh, and he, he he says that it's because of his eye. His you know his, he says that his his lazy eye uh, is so severe and uh, so disorienting for him that it basically causes issues with his uh, balance, right? So he's like, clearly, I can't do anything as a soldier if I like I'm constantly getting vertigo and blah, 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 like because of my stupid wonky eye. Also, right. Guys, let's be honest. It's the French army. Yeah. And also, it's like you guys like you think it's fine, dude. It's all right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, here's another thing about him. Guess how tall he was. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, I'm going to say five, seven. He was five foot even. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that another another blow? <laughs> so he was a he's a short, pretentious, lazy eyed Frenchman. Oh, my God. <laughs> so so the Germans were like, OK, buddy, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. But okay. now here's the thing. There's an unverified rumor, though, uh, that it wasn't only his lazy eye. He also pulled this kind of prank. OK, he <laughs> pranks. <laughs> there's a rumor. There's a rumor that he was also sent home. Um, hold on. Let me see. I, I wrote this down, so I got to find this real quick. Uh, Five feet tall, man. That fucking rules a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So also there's a rumor that the Germans actually let him go because he was too stinky. 
No. Because 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 and he did this intentionally. He did this intentionally. He would refuse to bathe and sometimes he went this is rumor again. This is like rumor of like other people from this like <laughs> POW camp. Yeah. But he would he, he this is when he started reading a lot of well, he already was reading a lot of philosophy, but this is when he started reading Heidegger, okay, the guy who I hate, but he yes. is heavily influenced by him. He read uh Sein und Zeit, which is uh being and time. It's uh Heidegger's mag- magnum opus. He read that while he was in uh uh in the POW camp and during this time he was also writing his own philosophy. He was like writing out his own notes about, you know, what he thought the deal is okay yeah uh and he was so devoted to this like life of the mind that he resented having to bathe having to trim his nails having to shave uh like having to take (laughs) meals like because it distracted him from his work uh but also a lot of his like buddies or whatever at the pow camp all suspected that he was doing this to piss off the german guards and there's one rumor where he apparently he like he's he who went a week where he wouldn't even wipe his own ass after shitting. So oh. he just smelled terrible. He smelled like awful. And he and it got unbearable for, for the German guards. And they made him. So, so when it came time to release so, Yeah, so when it came time to release him, he was like, just get him out of here. Just get him out, please. Hey man, I mean that's he's, that he's is... annoying. He's weird. He smells bad. Get him out of here. <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah, and he's like, fine, I'm going back to Paris to slay French box. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Hell and yeah. That's exactly what he did. And that's, yeah. yeah. This, this five foot tall midget went back to France and established the most the most successful like intellectual career <laughs> yeah, big deal. for a Frenchman yeah. in the 20th century. Yeah, it was, it was great. So okay, so during this time, also at the uh, at this con- uh, not concentration, I keep wanting to say concentration camp because it's the Germans, but it was just a regular POW camp. Um, but while he was there, he started his like big like magnum opus, the thing that like would define his philosophy, which we're going to talk about in a second, uh, called uh, Lettre uh, et le Néant, which is French for being and nothingness. Okay. okay. Pat, guess what it's about? Uh, I'm I'm gonna <laughs> assume that it's uh, self-explanatory. Yeah, it's about everything. Yeah, since uh, being and nothingness are literally the only two categories. It's the in only, existence. yeah, it's the only, only two, two possibilities. You got a fifty-fifty chance. <laughs> yeah, things that exist and things that don't. Yeah, that's my that's my philosophy book. Things that exist and things that don't. Oh man, eventually. Yeah, man, why in such a bad mood? Well, I, I used to exist and now I don't. No, I yeah. don't. It sucks. Not good. Um, now, uh, I guess I was kind of burying the lead here, but uh, the main thing that this guy is known for is, uh, drum roll please, existentialism. Okay. Uh, oh, no. He, it's the other word I can't say. It's the other word you can't say. Try it. Try it one more time. I, you can I need it. to hear you say you, it. Please say it. Existentialism. As ex- <laughs> No, okay, you're kidding. You can do it. I, that I was a joke. You can do it. It was not a joke. I think I need to look at it. Um, Existentialism. I'm gonna look at the word. You've heard it so many times before. I know. It's not even like for for even even as a as a, an obscure philosophy term, it's not that obscure. Like most, if you ask anybody who doesn't know much about philosophy, they would know at least maybe existentialism. Uh, well, Ben, I have um, several learning disabilities, so. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I don't think you have. I got I got Tourette syndrome too. You want to you want to make fun of that? I mean, you're being very. <laughs> I'm not making fun of you. All right, I was encouraging. I'm going to look at the word. Okay, here we go. Okay, existentialism. There you oh, go. Oh, yeah. okay. No, I get. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ex- Wait, what do you mean? Existentialism. What? I was putting the wrong existentialism. I put the wrong uh, emphasis. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes it helps to hear it while you're looking at it. Existentialism. Fuck. This rules. Existentialism. I've conquered yeah. existentialism. my fear. Yeah. Okay. Which is great. Just in time for the 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 philosophy of existentialism, which is somewhat terrifying. Oh man. Uh, so we talked. We have a whole episode about existentialism. That's more of a survey course. Uh, this guy is the guy who really put it on the map, and he. Uh, is I'm I'm pretty sure he's not the person who coined the term, but he's the one who I think probably adopted it the most, like explicitly. He was like, uh, there's a lot of philosophers who are like, oh, we attribute this school of thought to him, and they're like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not this. There's a lot of like philosophers who people say is are existentialist philosophers, like Camus, for example, and he would himself say, no, I'm not, I'm not an existentialist, or I deny that term. Uh, Sartre, I think, actually kind of t- took up the term as his own. He was like, yes, I am an existentialist. Nice. Uh, okay. Uh, and and he he uh, and he made the term famous. He made it chic. He made it popular. Uh, and it was like a very, very uh, important and uh, popular school of thought in the like late, like post-war 20th century. Um, so a little bit about a little bit of background about that. Uh, so he was heavily influenced by these two philosophers, Edmund Husserl, who we've talked about before, and Martin Heidegger, yes. who we've talked about before. Okay, Both of these guys are uh, – Heidegger is a famous example of a guy who uh, is associated with existentialism, but he firmly denies it. it you know, in, in interviews, he says he's not an existentialist. Yes. Or he doesn't like the term. Okay, uh, he, lived, he lived Yeah, on, I just uh, prefer fairly... the term thinker. Fuck you. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny because he, he firmly denies being an existentialist, but he never really firmly denied being a Nazi, which is what he was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hardiger, Martin, Martin Heidegger fucking sucks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for anyone listening. Uh, if you're his wondering, he's interesting, but he was a he was a Nazi. Yeah. He was a confirmed Nazi. <laughs> a um, confirmed? Is a confirmed card carrying Mem- member of the Nazi party. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nevertheless, he had very, very interesting philosophical ideas that uh, were for A, he stole from Edmund Husserl, who was a Jew, and uh, B, that he passed on, not directly, but through, you know, his writings passed on to Sartre. Okay, Uh, so Sartre takes a lot of a lot of his cue from Husserl and Heidegger, who were working in this uh, uh, this tradition called phenomenology. So if you think existentialism is a hard word to say, try phenomenology. Phenomenology. Uh, <laughs> see, yeah, maybe it's a little easier. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. I just have phenomenal. Uh, I, I, I have my confidence back. I've got my smile back. I mean, every ever since you saw the word existentialist on your computer screen, it looks yep. like you, my, yeah, my, you, you picked yourself up. Yeah, my, my skin's cleared up. You know, I'm just feeling better. Feeling good. Yeah. Feeling sweet. Uh, <clears throat> so... He um, uh, where am I? Where am I at? Okay, so you're in the jungle, baby. 
<laughs> You're gonna die. That's where you're at. What a weird song. <laughs> what a strange song. <laughs> strange. They're they're strange guys. They are strange guys. Uh, okay, so uh, I'm going to do a real quick recap of phenomenology. Okay, phenomenology is this method. It's not a theory. It's a method of philosophy that uh, was sort of started by this guy Edmund Husserl. Uh, who is a who? He was a Jewish guy who converted to Lutheranism, um, what? and uh, he, uh, he a lot of Jews did that because they were like, eh, but at, at least become thing. Catholic. It's it's not worth it. Well, no, it depends <laughs> on where you're at. I mean, he was in Nor- he was in northern Germany, with, where people are most mostly Lutheran. So he so? just went with the crowd. I well, um, but I, but I'm, I see what uh, you're saying. I'm assuming yes. that they she they uh, knew about Catholicism. Yeah, they know about Catholicism. Then, okay. well, as, a, as a Catholic podcast, yes. we, we we want we we do assert that if you're going to convert to Christianity, make it the right one. We're begging you to convert you. to Catholicism. Yeah, but if you're going to do it anyway, why not? Why not? Why would you go for second-rate bullshit like Lutheranism? Yeah, I mean, you you got you got to um, take like a like a class, so you got to pay a little extra. But the quality. But, the you quality, get some sick robes, bro. Yeah, the, if you're a priest, you get sick robes. The quality of this religion <laughs> and its and its and its belief system, uh, and, yeah. and the way it conducts itself, you you're gonna love it. Welcome, hey, welcome to, to any yeah. new converts. By the way, shout out to the converts. Yeah. You're gonna like the way you pray. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Pope, leader of the Catholic Church. <laughs> so, um, he. Uh, Okay, so he's in his uh, he's in his gross hut in this uh, in this POW camp, not wiping his butt after he fucking poops. Oh right, uh, writing writing his magnum opus called "Being and Nothingness." Okay, and he's taking his cue from Husserl and Heidegger, uh, and the and the uh, tradition of uh, homosexuality. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> of uh, phenomenology that they <laughs> that they. Uh, but invent. tradition. Okay, the story yeah, tradition. tradition. It's a. Fil- it's a philosophical tradition uh, in philosophy. It's called homosexuality. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they, okay. imagine that's your opening sentence of like a paper that you're writing in college. It's, They'd be so, so bad at you. They'd be so pissed. It's not what out, that is. Um, deservedly so. But so, okay. Uh, a couple things about phenomenology. One of the things is that it's basically supposed to be a study of consciousness uh, on a bare bones level. Where it's like it's we're not talking about like what are thoughts, what is the mind, what is anything like that. It's like how does consciousness? The main thing that that is like focused on in phenomenology is how uh, how can we categorize or how can we uh, interpret just sheer consciousness? Okay, that's because that's the only thing they're going from kind of a Kantian point of view, uh, not not a Kantian point of view, but they're starting from Kant's like uh, assumptions. So they're racist. Uh, a little, they're a little. No, they're not. They're not racist. Even though, yes, Kant was a racist. It turns out. Um, Take that. But all in you terms Kant of his heads. In t- yeah, you fucking Kants. Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> uh, but he, his philosophy, without having to go back and back and back to like you know the influencers of the influencers of the influencers, but uh, uh, Kant kind of said that like through his theory of transcendental idealism, uh, the only thing that we can really truly know is our own uh you know i guess the best way i can put this is like our inside perceptions of the outside world right uh things that he calls phenomena the things that appear to our consciousness right 
we can't we, we're never going to know the things in and of themselves that we perceive we're only going to know the impressions that they make on our consciousness right yes does that kind of make sense sure okay like so you, you know you see a table or a lamp or like i'm literally just naming things on my desk a mug a dead body uh, you know a dead body there's this dead carcass right in severed front of me toe here that's off camera yeah uh they're in and of themselves, the objects in and of themselves, I don't know their true natures per se. I can only gather as best as I can what their natures are through what my perceptions are delivering to me, right? Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. And so the only thing the only thing that I have access to are my own perceptions, which is something that's kind of occurring on this side of a veil, if you will. Wait, that was know? a new idea? It wasn't a, no. This this has been this is kind of something that Kant had said. Oh, okay? okay. So this is like the bedrock. This is yeah. This is kind of kind of bedrock. So they're kind of so they're going from there. So now so now with phenomenology, they're saying okay. Well, since the only thing that we really have access to is the phenomena coming from our own consciousness, right? Uh, we can only study that. So let's try to study that as best we can. See how we can get a, a bigger picture of the outside world from that if we can okay so they start taking like you know they start going getting really introspective there's a lot of introspection going on even just not even like heavy things like heavy emotional things it's just like staring at a glass for like an hour and trying to like you know bracket away and ca and categorize what our thoughts are in regards to this glass that I'm staring at right yeah. like my eyes are showing that it has a, it's, it has a certain reflective quality uh it's uh it appears to you know have this appearance with this kind of lighting versus that kind of lighting uh at this time of day versus that kind of day but like we I still understand that it's a glass right and it's the same glass so I'm also having these thoughts of like, well, this is one unitary glass. It's not a continuum of a substance called glass, right, uh, that ends here and, and starts there. Like, it's getting kind of weird already, uh, but it's like it's kind of like analyzing the assumptions that we make when we just look and see a glass. Like, you and I will just look and see, oh, that's a glass on that table. Yeah. But this is like, this, this is like. Don't be scared. It's only a glass. But that's the thing. It's like this is primo stuff. This is primo stuff for someone like on acid, right? Yeah. Who's like looking at the world through new eyes in a way. That's sort of what they're but trying who, to do. But who, they're who, all sober. Who doesn't know? <laughs> but who? I feel like that should have been a thing way before Kant. I feel like, I mean, who? Well, that's the thing. It's. I mean, all, we've all had these. I, th I think we've all had these sort of like weird thoughts. I, I haven't. Get into a little like thought experiment. That's not true. I think you're the. That, I think that's least of all true of you. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think you probably had these kind of thoughts like more than anyone else, sure. uh, which is why I think you might like Sartre. Yeah. Uh, but so with phenomenology, they're they're basically kind of like getting into the nitty gritty of like here and now, real time perception, uh, and and like consciousness and awareness. You know. Yeah. Like in the moment type shit. And sort of analyzing every aspect and trying to bring that perspective uh, during like e even during like mundane interactions. OK. Uh, and just seeing how seeing how our consciousness seems to kind of take over. It kind of makes these objects out of the it plucks. It almost plucks objects out of the surrounding maelstrom of, of 
perceptions and and simulations and stimulations and like for some reason our brains are able to like understand immediately that like oh that's a glass that's a chair there's water in that glass i can drink that water what is drinking drinking is you know hydrating myself but what is hydration what is water how does water interact with my body all this shit it's getting it gets it can go it can spiral off pretty far yeah. <laughs> pretty quickly right okay sure. um but but it's sort of ca- trying to categorize and map that that uh uh that sort of you know idealistic lands- landscape is the best way i can put it i don't know um <clears throat> so sartre kind of takes a step further though because uh Husserl, to a lesser extent, uh, and Heidegger, to a greater extent, sort of go from there and try to establish like a, a worldview that includes like an ethics to it uh, a little bit. But Sartre really kind of makes that his own with existentialism. Uh, he kind of go. He's like the major bridge, I would say, from phenomenology to existentialism and how it applies to our human, our very human day to day psychology and our like our you know panicky like moments when we have to decide things and like yeah those, wonder what it all means those are those like are the worst moments yeah there's some of the worst moments but like Sartre would argue that that's also the, the moments that really make us the most human uh which is kind of the tragedy of being human oh right it's a like, tragedy a glass full of water doesn't deal with that no it doesn't have to deal with no. these <laughs> these things it's just a glass of water and it will be a glass of water until it breaks and the water spills and the glass breaks. Yeah, and we and all then die. there's no more glass, but the glass won't care that it w- will no longer be in the future because the glass has no conception of that. No. It doesn't give a shit. <laughs> but it it's pretty apathetic. It's pretty apathetic. It's inert. It's an inert Man, object. that water has no drive. It has no drive. Okay, so here's the thing. So what has drive? What has, you know, uh, uh, motivations, goals, <laughs> perceptions? Human beings, baby. You know? Human beings, baby. So he we calls that it. he calls that a certain that's a certain type of consciousness. Okay, uh, with uh, with phenomenology, one of the major one of the main like hinges or one of the main things that it hinges on is that con- consciousness exists, but consciousness can only exist as consciousness of something, uh, of an object. Okay, objects appear in consciousness or out of consciousness, right? Yeah, and consciousness is kind of the sea where these things kind of float up. If that makes sense, this is very um, analogistic. It's it's this is more of an analogy than like a straight explanation of what's going on. Okay, but uh, Sartre kind of takes that cue and he goes, "Well, okay, so human beings are this type of are this type of consciousness. There's other types of consciousness. There's like animal consciousness. There's like depending on how you interpret it or how you define it. Like you know, you could say that maybe some rocks have consciousness." Uh, that the Earth itself, the entire planet Earth, has a certain type of consciousness insofar as it can receive stimuli and then respond to them in certain ways. You know? Yeah. Uh, like it's, it, that's that's a different argument. I love kind stimuli. Of like a, yeah. Well, a lot of us do. I just love being stimulated. Uh, but human beings uh, are the only type of consciousness that understand not only that other objects exist, right? Uh, but that these other objects only exist in the way they do, not that not that we're the only arbiters of their existence, but they exist in the way they do because of our observing them. Like the glass exists as a glass because I use it as a glass to contain water. I made it out of glass. Yeah. 
Like a glass. I made it out of glass. You're a glass whatever, guy. Whatever the fuck. I'm a glass guy. Why don't you move to glass um, go, go, uh, glass go. Glass gal? Glass gal. Glass. Glasgow. Glasgow. Yeah, it's it. it's <laughs> a um, it's like a foreign so language. He uh he kind of takes that cue and he develops these two types, these two categories called in French it's called en soi and pour soi. <laughs> uh, en, en, soi, en soi is just French for in itself or in it, yeah, in itself. And pour soi is for itself. Uh, and he says that uh, human consciousness is the only type of consciousness that would, we would call pour soi, for itself. Uh, that insofar as it acts over time uh, for certain goals, uh, with a, with a certain level of self-consciousness, of understanding of itself as a being in the world, whereas other types of consciousness, which are like, you know, just any sort of existence or any sort of being. It's not so much consciousness. I should actually say more being than consciousness. But there's being for itself and being in itself. Being in itself are things like, are things, basically. You know, inert objects, things that fill up space and time, but also that fill up our consciousness. And fill uh, up our hearts. And fill up our hearts. Yeah, sort of. I mean, yeah. you can kind of say that. Now, um, we, uh, uh, we got to kind of wrap up kind of soon. I, I know that we're getting into the weeds here because <laughs> there's a lot to go. But uh, he, uh, this is kind of like the crux for him, for his like existentialism. And then from there, he gets to this idea of like the poor soi, the the human the human consciousness uh has a lot of like fraught relationships with the world with uh the 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 like understanding or the realization of our own deaths our own limitation in that way uh and he kind of calls that our own negation whoa um yeah and i'm realizing right now i'm going through my notes i think maybe we need to do a two-parter on this guy oh hell yeah <laughs> i'm down there's still a lot okay um so so I'm going to I'm going to end this uh this one uh on just this last thought uh which we'll use to kind of springboard into the next episode. Yeah. Um but uh Aussie rules. From here he can Aussie rules. That's it. That, that'll Folks, springboard. Uh, thanks it. a lot for listening. Uh, uh by Kyrgyz and uh no. And listen um, to Black Sabbath, baby. <laughs> and listen to Black Sabbath, baby. <laughs> uh no, I'll I'll end it on this. Uh he comes up with this very important idea which basically defines existentialism um and it's this idea called existence precedes essence uh and he uses that to explain human consciousness our uh, like our understanding of our place in the world uh and this is where the term existentialism comes from existentialism is uh is uh contrasted against a an opposing view called essentialism essentialism basically says that objects in the world have a certain essence that defines them. It's like an idealistic essence exists on another, like, you know, intellectual or, or metaphysical plane uh, that defines it. So, like, the glass is a glass because it has, it's, it's got these characteristics of glassness or whatever. Yes. Okay. Does, does that make sense? Glassness. So he, said, he says that, sure, that's all well and good, and that can apply to inert, en soi, uh, uh, beings like a glass, like a mug, like my mouse, like my neighbor's right wife, like my neighbor's wife. I'm having wife. a well, tour no, 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 no. with. 
No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't apply to uh, my neighbor's wife. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> no, because she's also she's a porcelain, like a human being. She's a human being, so she's not a member of the this ensemble. Oh, category. right. I forgot about that part. Yeah, porcelain is that's that's the for for oneself or for itself is what defines human consciousness. Right. It's kind of driving into time, driving itself into time, into the future uh, with no goal in sight, but still somehow has motivations. Does that make sense? Like we're, we're, we're all kind of like flying through this existence. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Especially this past year uh, <laughs> uh, with no like concrete goals, I would say. But we're still like staying alive and doing our our things doing the things that we do for some reason yeah we're doing it for some you know yeah. what i mean we're still around and doing the things that we do for some reason well uh, uh, I'm, and he says that i'm oh, sorry i'm ahead. learning uh adobe illustrator so that's sort of a, a re- well that's tight that's, that, well, yeah. that's a reason that's a motivator because if i so die then i can't you know continue to make every day i i i do something involving ben Every day on yeah. Adobe, because I'm just, I'm just like <laughs> you have been, yeah, you have been doing some cool things on Adobe Illustrator. Yeah, I'm just like involving me, yeah. silhouette images of me. Ben is my muse. I just take photos of him from Facebook and try to recreate them in the thing. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's really funny. Some ben. of them, some of them I really like. One of them I'm, I'm I might like use as my profile picture. But I did, uh, I did one of, just, I did one of Lando today. Oh yeah, I saw. Yeah, I think I saw so that. So stupid. One. Um. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish with this last thought So, uh, or finish this last thought. Existence precedes essence. So what th- this is what applies to human beings. They say that human beings, this is what Sartre says, exist before they have an essence, uh, which is the opposite of like inert en soi objects. Uh, with human beings, every single act you perform or everything, everything that you do, right, every new moment – that you enact in your life, uh, that adds a chapter to your story in a way, but it doesn't define it ever. And you never will be defined. So in a way, it's almost kind of zen. This is like what encapsulates his existentialist philosophy. It's that you don't have an essence as a human being. You don't have an essence. You don't have a framework. Yes, I do. It's jazz. No, you don't. Oh, man. No, you don't. And that's the worst example you could have picked because it's an improvised <laughs> form of music. So why would you even pick that, Pat? Why would you even pick that example? It's not a surprise. It's not a surprise that Sartre loved jazz and jazz was the biggest fucking type of music in the, in the post-war period because it exemplified this exact philosophy that you don't know where it's going. You don't know where your life is going, and you never yeah. will. You'll never define yourself while you're alive, ever. No. Jazz. You only have every moment to live. Yeah, your life is I, jazz, baby. Ben, <laughs> I choose jazz. Ex- existence precedes essence basically means we're all jazz, baby. All right? We're, we're all jazz. <laughs> it's the worst. It's oh, the worst way to put it. That's the, I, uh, <laughs> um, They love... So, yeah, uh, so I just realized... Oh, go. They loved uh, Miles Davis in France. What do you say to that? They did. They loved yeah. a lot of blacks in France. Yes, uh, they, but, uh, um, they they loved uh... jazz. <laughs> There's a, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, I was thinking about 
John Coltrane. And then I was thinking about how in France they just like were, were really welcomed worship jazz musicians. Worship yeah, them. I, yeah. Yeah. I love them. I, I, loved I, it's them. interesting. I, I wonder why like more uh, uh, jazz musicians didn't just move to France. I, I thought a lot did. Maybe they did. Didn't a lot of them. They, I, I thought a lot of them did move to France. I uh, mean, I don't know. Maybe not permanently. I, I don't know. But anyway, I, I, yeah, a lot of them were living and working in France for a long time. Folks, the welcome love. welcome back to Jazz History with Ben and Pat. Yeah. It's our newest um, spinoff. It's a topic so, that no one wants us to cover. <laughs> and we do in depth. In depth. Okay. So just to give a little bit of a preview for the next episode, because I, I, I actually didn't anticipate this for to be a two-parter. But I'm looking. Well, at we haven't now, we haven't recorded like, in so long that we just yeah, yeah. Just, we, we might we as well. Really and also, this chat. is great because we get to fill up <laughs> another More, episode yeah, with a second dude. part on this guy. You fools! <laughs> you absolute fools! You've fallen for it again. Just as a quick uh, uh, like you know preview of what's coming next in the next episode, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Sartre's involvement with Marxism, um, his. Uh, uh, development of his existentialist philosophy and uh, how he became w- the biggest thing since French fries to come from France. You know, <laughs> the biggest things since the Coneheads, <laughs> the biggest French export since the Coneheads. <laughs> oh, what 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 a treat it is! To, what a treat it is to be back, Ben, folks. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that we'll have part two coming up soon. Uh, yeah, part two of Jean-Paul Sartre. Yes. Sartre. It's heading your way, baby. And f- baby. However, uh, one thing about uh, Paris, France, though, that you need to keep in mind is that it is uh, a city <laughs> that is hard on your feet. So why not treat your feet to something sweet in Paris? That's right, baby. In Paris. Kergi's slippers. They make the finest <laughs> felt slippers that you have ever put any sort of body part into. You will love yeah. it. They are fantastic. Uh, they have uh, so far proven to be, uh, and, and this is uh, not even based on me. This is based on a, a poll taken by every by everyone in the world. So you probably uh-huh. remember this. Uh, Kyrgyz was voted <laughs> the absolute best slipper that there is. So go ahead. Yeah. And guys, 7 billion people can't be wrong. So please, please go to Kyrgyz.com, K-Y-R-G-I-E-S.com. Dot com. Use the promo code. <laughs> we have a very special secret promo code known only to a few. And if you use this yep. promo code, then it's you... Known only to people who listen to the podcast. Yes. It's very easy to so, obtain. A few. So uh, <laughs> use our promo code <laughs> to get 15% off, you dumbass. Do it. Yeah. Our promo code bitch. in all caps is ILK. Stands for ILK. So please it. use that <laughs> to get 15% off each and every order. Uh, all right. We'll have part two coming at you. Uh, as always, my friends, thanks for listening. Uh, keep on thinking hard. Uh, the truth fucking sucks a lot. Fucking sucks. Yeah. What can you do, though? Uh, Life is absurd. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's one thing we'll learn. We'll get to that, too. We're going to talk about the absurdity of life in the next in the next episode. And, and folks, most importantly, and I cannot stress enough how much Ben and I do believe in in our in our sign off. If you're not Catholic, you are going to hell. 
going straight to hell, brother. So please see the light. <laughs> see the light and don't go to hell. <laughs> and join the Catholic Church. <laughs> join the Catholic Church. Guys, step out of the darkness uh, and into the Catholic Church. And here is The Seventh Seal by Scott Wacker. <laughs> Whoa. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Anybody seen a night pass this way? I saw him playing chess with death yesterday. His crusade was a search for God, and they say it's been a long way to carry Anybody hear of plague in this town? The town I've left behind was burned to the ground. A young girl on a stake, her face framed in flames, cried, I'm not a witch, God knows my name. The night he watched with fear,
minstrel filled with visions Sang to his love To look against the stormy sky The night his squire and friends Their hands held as one Silently danced towards the dark 